0: Hello, everybody. I'm Pastor Padrone. I've got Nick and uh, Paul and Dave here with me today, and very special guest, Steve Poirier from LFD, the Flor Dominicana. Hello. What's How going on, are you doing, Steve?
1: I am fantastic. Had a fantastic Friday working around New Hampshire, stopped in the Twins, and we're smoking some old and tasty goodness tonight.
0: Mm, Yeah, this is going to be a very special episode, actually a couple of episodes, of not just blowing smoke. Um, And this, I I need to give credit where credit is due. This was Steve's idea, uh, doing an episode on uh, how aging affects tobacco. And uh, so what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be smoking two... LFD Chisel Maduros. Oh. And one, the one that which we have lit up right away, is a Chisel Maduro mm-hmm. dating back to January 2007. Oh, yeah. 13 oh. years old.
2: A wonderful Ooh. little flower band.
0: And uh, we're going to be, in about an inch or so into this, we're going to light up the current version, which uh, was produced in October 2019 so we're going to be smoking these cigars back-to-back and talking about the nuances and changes and differences whether they be you know good bad indifferent you know how aging affects the cigar here and um, because we're going to you know this cigar is A really special treat. This is right out of Steve's personal collection. We're gonna enjoy smoking this the whole show. So this show is going to be all cigar. And then next week we're gonna do what will basically be part two and looking at how aging affects pipe tobacco with uh, um, enjoying some tobacco that uh, Mark Mormar from uh, Laodice Corporation is sending us from his own private collection age stuff so this is gonna be a two-part thing and so this episode is only gonna have cigars on it we're gonna smoke these two bad boys and um, what we are doing for the pairing for this is uh, for the old cigar uh, we're gonna start off with High West
3: Campfire yes want to
0: tell us a little bit about that Paul
3: yes so this is straight from the High West website uh, Campfire Whiskey is the world's finest blend of scotch, bourbon, and rye whiskeys. The peated scotch whiskey in this blend offers a delightful smoky note, reminiscent of a campfire. It is also best enjoyed around a blazing campfire to warm up, wind down your day, share stories, and deepen friendships. And, and? it's especially good when you're smoking a La Flor Dominicana Double Hero Chisel from 2007. Yeah, see, that it's it right is. on the website there. <laughs> wow, it's like they knew it's a special website. Oh, oh, the cigar is unbelievable.
0: I think that pairing is mm. awesome. Ju- the smokiness from that on that is just enough to kind of uh, oh yeah. deal with the the pepperiness of the cigar, mm. and they're both just very smooth. Oh, rich, earthy leather mm. what are you guys picking up on the cigar here
3: you just you just said it right there past it uh, the, when i first lit this up <coughs> the right off the bat i got that leather and earth right mm. off the bat and the smoothness the spice kicked in a little bit especially on that retro hail god it was so good mm. thank you steve thank you so much for this man i really really, really we, we we all mm. really appreciate it but it was uh, just a fantastic first light and first yeah. few draws. Just unbelievable.
0: Your eyes still look a little bit wet from opening <laughs> that box, Steve. Do you truly, need to say this, anything? This truly made me sad to have to crack open <laughs> this box,
1: but I wouldn't do it with anybody else. Um, I know you guys appreciate really well-aged tobacco, mm-hmm. and uh, it's something that I, I wouldn't share this with anyone Just anyone. It has to be with people that will really appreciate what's going on in the
0: cigar. Oh my God. Uh, I I need to say, too, the construction on mine, and it looks like everybody else's is is smoking the same spot on burn. Oh, yeah. Nice, bright, white ash. (laughs)
2: Like it was cut with a
0: chisel. Yeah. A
2: chiseled burn line. (laughs) No pun intended.
0: And uh, it just is smoking fantastic. Mm. The draw is great. There weren't any soft spots in mine. I don't know if if anyone else checked, Um, but this is smoking fantastic. And, you know, this is 13-year-old stuff, and it's still a very potent cigar. It is. Um, Now, um, what are the specifics on the blend of the uh, chisel here, Steve?
1: So this chisel specifically is the Double Harrow Chisel Maduro. Mm -hmm. It features a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper, um, Dominican binder, and filler. Um, definitely some of our strongest tobacco in this. Double Lajero is kind of our mainstay powerhouse blend.
0: Talk a little bit about, about what Double Hero means.
1: So Double Lajero essentially is exactly what it says. It's double the Hero of the standard Hero line. It's meant to be a really solid, rich, full-bodied, powerful, nice and spicy cigar. Okay. Um, and speaking to the aged quality of this cigar, that spice starts to mellow. Mm -hmm. that powerhouse aspect starts to mellow a little bit and you start getting secondary and tertiary flavors out of the cigar that you wouldn't necessarily notice right off the bat Mm -hmm. because the tobaccos are just so in your face Mm -hmm. you get that primary spice you get that earth tone you get the wood notes a little bit of sweetness this kind of talking about initial flavors Mm -hmm. um, something I usually get out of really well aged Connecticut broadleaf is almost like a Tootsie Roll chocolate. Like, milk mm. chocolate, really sweet and creamy. This I, is I al-
0: hate the idea of using candy to describe <laughs> stuff, but that is really good. Hey, as no. long as the
1: FDA isn't listening, we're in good shape, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, well, we're all 21 one now. Hours. Exactly. So the one note that I get out of this is if, like, let's say Tootsie Roll came in dark chocolate, mm-hmm. that retrohale is such potent dark chocolate leather earth little bit of wood note to Mm. it it's absolutely gorgeous um i've smoked a couple different of the chisel maduros from this era um each one of them is smoked a little differently and probably has to do with the storage um throughout which we'll touch upon a little bit later yep um but this is definitely a really good example of a very nicely
0: aged chisel maduro what are you
3: what are you thinking paul It's, it's just so it is just so smooth i can i can there's just that spice that's that's in the background there right uh the leather um mm-hmm. it just it's the construction everything is just spot on it really is it's such it's such a uh a, a very well uh very well blended very very smooth cigar but it will sneak up on you i mm-hmm. can i can already start to feel it it's already uh i, I can feel that double hair already going through my veins <laughs> <laughs> Nick just tell us a <laughs> new one <laughs> <laughs>
0: Tell us a little bit about what you're picking up there. If you can break away from, from gazing at your stick. <laughs> a
2: lot of tobacco, dust. Like I don't know why. <laughs> um, I'll, uh, when I first lit it up, it was it was a, a lot of leather. Mm-hmm. Like a, a, an abundance. That's all I got. Now that I'm about an inch in there the dark chocolate tones are starting to come out and they're starting to kind of coat my palate, and kind of have a nice even balance between the leather and the the dark chocolate Mm -hmm. a little bit of earth in there and then with the pairing i think the the high west kind of brings out more of uh that that chocolate note in there that rich chocolate Mm -hmm. note which is extremely pleasant um and that's all I got right now. I'm only an inch in, and I'm enjoying the hell out of this. We're super smooth oh, for a double ahero. Is is yeah. I know how old it is, and I know what you know. With the age on a lot of cigars, it kind of mellows them out and everything. But this is just incredibly smooth and rich.
1: This is a cigar that I, at this point in its age cycle, this is a cigar that I can retrohale from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! Just take the entire volume of smoke and just send it right out your nose. Yeah. Whereas if we try that with the current production of Chisel Maduro, we'd all be crying. Um, so it it shows a big difference between age uh, variation. Oh,
0: yeah. Dave, what are you getting?
4: Um, as soon as as soon as Steve said Tootsie Roll, it was just like, holy crap, that's what that is. Mm. And I and I and I totally got it. And I, I'm it is. This is the smoothest double arrow I've ever smoked or retrohaled. It, <laughs> it is it cra- is it, it's very crazy it's like it's cray-cray it's, it's cray-cray um, it's awesome to to see what it's like after 13 years of aging like how the hell calms down the flavors calm down but they're still prevalent mm. you know it's it's amazing mm.
0: now Steve tell us a little bit about the the history of the, the chisel cigar this is something that LFD is the only company that does this. They've trademarked the the particular size and shape. You want to give us a little history on the background of that?
1: So I've heard a couple different variations on the story. Mm-hmm. Um, the best variation I've heard came from Leto himself, so it must be the right one. Um, basically he was driving in his car back from the farm one day and he was smoking a torpedo. Um, and. He has a tendency to chew on his cigars, and realistically, anybody that's driving is going to have the cigar in your mouth and kind of gnaw on it a little bit. Sure. Um, And that cap kind of flattened out, Mm -hmm. and it essentially made a rudimentary chisel shape. He walks into the factory and says to the factory manager, can we make a shape like this? Because he likes how it tapers in the mouth. It's really easy to hold. You're not fighting with it. It -hmm. just kind of sits on your lip almost like, a stem of a pipe Mm -hmm. Um, and it took a while Um, (laughs) it took a fairly long while to actually get this done the way it needed to be it was years, right? I I believe it was somewhere in the year to two year range to get it nailed down Mm -hmm. Um, and at the end of it we released the Chisel Maduro, which if I remember correctly, the Double Harrow Chisel Maduro was the first chisel we released. Mm-hmm. Um, always came in a 10 count box. Right. Um, and from essentially day one, the goal was to patent the shape because it's something that, I mean, LFD is really well known for really unique shapes. The Andalusian bowl is very unique. The El Jaco, which is like Mark Twain-esque perfecto, right. hasn't been used since, I don't know, early 1900s. Mm-hmm. Not really anyone's doing it. Um, And the chisel is just kind of one of those unique shapes that no one's done before, Mm -hmm. so we said let's grab it and run with it. And now I think we're up to probably about six different lines with chisels Mm. involved in one way or another, whether it be a small chisel. There's been three different versions of the chisel in three different sizes, Um, one that's no longer around sadly. Um, but this is the go-to mainstay of Double Ahero. Chisel Maduro is one of our best-selling lines, or I should say best-selling marcas.
0: Now, one of the the great things about the Chisel is that uh, because of its shape, you're able to experience how cutting the cigar can change the experience of it multiple times using the same cigar. Do you want to talk a little bit about that?
1: So, being it is a chisel shape, the easiest way to cut this cigar is really just pinch both of the long ends of the cigar at the head Mm -hmm. and the cap will literally just pop right off Mm -hmm. and it'll open right up. Um, A lot of us do that when we don't have a cutter available. Right. It makes things really easy. Um, A couple other ways, you can cut it like a normal cigar, just with a regular double guillotine, single guillotine, whatever you Mm -hmm. feel like using. Um, I've seen some people use V-cuts. But the really cool way of doing it is actually punching with a small diameter punch, right. a couple millimeters, none of those like big, huge sidecar punches, right. um, and punch just below the cap um, on the broad side. Whether it be the top or the bottom, you can punch it all the way through. It depends on what you want to do. Um, but that allows the smoke to be focused specifically in your mouth where it essentially swirls. Mm -hmm. Um, And if, let's say, you punch it on the top of the cigar, you're going to have smoke swirl up the roof of the mouth and almost target your olfactory glands on your sinuses, where most of your taste that you get is coming from.
0: Yeah, that's like, you know, talking pipe-wise, that's the whole purpose of the P-lip on the Peterson, is that the smoke... Uh, there's a, And the peel-up on the Peterson, the hole on the mouthpiece is at the top, so that the smoke comes up, fills your mouth, and then descends around your, essentially, all your taste buds at the same time. And it's really, really nice. This does that same thing. It's it a really way fun and, way yeah. to change now, things Now, I've up. done that, and you you do a chisel with, you know, punching the top of the cigar, and you get these nice flavors and then you can punch the bottom of it and once you've done that punch the top and the bottom things change again and you're experiencing the tobacco in a whole different way and then you can cut the cigar like with a guillotine and you know essentially getting rid of the the punches that you've done
1: <clears throat> that's and arguably one of my favorite ways to smoke a chisel is do that progression Punch the top initially, punch the bottom, and then just open up the back.
0: And each of those ways completely changes how you experience the tobacco. It really is amazing how the cut matters. And this is one of the only cigars where you can really see that multiple times, you know, on the same cigar you're smoking. It's very, very cool. Very, very cool. Um, Are there things, now that we're about a good inch or so into this that you are noticing about the cigar?
3: The, <coughs> the leather has calmed down a bit. Mm-hmm. I think the pairing with the High West is uh, bringing a little bit more of the, of the spice mm-hmm. and the earth. Uh, that's what I'm noticing with this. Uh, but it, without a doubt, the, it's just incredibly smooth. Mm-hmm. It, it is so smooth. It hasn't changed one bit in, in that category.
0: For me, the High West has this kind of almost chocolatey kind of uh, flavor to it on the finish and that just totally goes so well with the finish on the cigar because there's that nice dark chocolate you know hanging out in the background and I'm just loving just taking a little of that, that bourbon and just kind of letting it sit so you can feel the the vapors coming off your tongue and then taking a draw on the cigar and both together there. Freaking
3: amazing. I'm not picking up the Tootsie Roll, though.
1: It's dark, <laughs> it's dark chocolate. You can roll. leave
0: your Tootsie Roll where it is, okay, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> Just smoke the cigar. Yeah. <laughs> leave,
4: leave the Tootsie alone.
0: <laughs> wow. Well, then. See now. Nick is really enjoying himself. And I know that because he's quiet. <laughs> he's just, Nick is trying to experience every ounce. He is just enjoying. He's, he's looking at the cigar. He's just like gazing at it. like
3: He's he, pondering life you know, right now. You know. I am a little bit. Yeah, it, but it's
0: great. I mean, what are, you, what are you enjoying about it most at the moment?
2: Probably how well it goes with the drink with, mm. with the High West. Mm. Like you said, the finish on both is just... Incredible. That that dark chocolate tone mm-hmm. that you get at the end of the cigar and the drink is just it's seamless. And it the smoothness and a little bit of the leather, I agree with Paul. It's kinda calmed down a little bit. Still get a little bit of spice on the retrohale, but it's incredibly rich, smooth, um, and it's it's such a great cigar. I'm I'm just just trying to enjoy it. That's it. Just trying to enjoy it.
0: Dave, what about you?
4: Mine is uh, mine is calmed down a little bit. Um, In what sense? It is well the 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 tastes of the the cocoa, the leather, um, uh, calmed down a little bit. The retro is still very pleasant. Um, I'm enjoying it very much. The pairing with the drink, um, like you said, um, that kind of like chocolate esque kind of feel you get on the on the on the tongue uh they marry really well together mm. it's very pleasurable it's a good good pairing fantastic pairing
0: all right now that we're about an inch into this i'm thinking now's the time to uh, maybe light up the other one yeah I let's blow our so that we can so that we can really cuz really the <laughs> so best really way to to, <laughs> see to see the difference can, on these cigars
2: can can we say we did we we really didn't. We just <laughs> still smoked this one.
1: I mean, you can still smoke it there. I'm gonna. I, I hope so.
2: I'll just bring this
3: other. I'm, I'm, gonna, double put a, I'm gonna put a, a comparison of the cell between the 2007 yeah. and the 2019. Make sure,
0: yeah, I took some pictures yes, of that we'll because that, sure that's, that's on, uh, that tells all. I'm beginning to think I should have eaten lunch before I started smoking
1: these because I'm already feeling the power off the gauge chisel. Hmm.
3: Mm.
4: Can I see a guillotine?
2: So is this where we break and we get another drink?
0: No, we'll, we'll get the other drink a little bit later.
2: Okay. I'm gonna do a little punch action on mine.
1: Now you're just going fancy.
2: I am gonna be a little fancy.
0: All right, so now we've lit up the October 2019 edition of the chisel. and um, As far as, you know, looking at the wrapper and everything, there's, there's not a whole lot of visual difference between the two cigars. The wrapper color, the sheen, that's all the same, uh, the feel is the same. Um, But the experience here is uh, very different. Mm. You're still getting that earthiness. Earthy, but the spice is right there. The spice is right there, there, and it's a lot more rough. Concentrated, concentrated. It's it's much more potent, much more in-your-face. Um, and, and that's what the Chisel, you know, is really supposed oh. to be, a very full-bodied, full-flavored cigar.
3: Retro um, Hail is unbelievable. Right? Yeah, it's definitely in more, more in your face, absolutely.
0: It's not nearly as smooth. Nope, nope. Not nearly as smooth. There's a lot more Ooh. pepper oh. and, yep. dare I say, a lot more bite <laughs> on this cigar Wow. than, than on the... Uh, Uh, aged one.
3: I thought that word was stricken.
0: When it can be used in its proper uh, context (laughs) it's allowed to be used. (laughs) But there is there is a lot of there's a lot of uh, you get there's a a lot more kind of stinging on the tongue with with the pepper and the the flavors from this than there is on the one from uh,
2: 2007. So how did you cut yours?
0: I did a little.
2: You did a, angle, little, a little. angle, angle cut, cut.
0: Angle cut with the guillotine.
2: How'd you cut yours, Paul? Just straight. Just straight it. Yep. Steve. Straight cut as well. Straight cut. Straight. Straight cut. No, I did a punch at the bottom and the top. Okay. And I'm not getting any bite on mine. I'm getting some incredible smooth chocolate coffee notes mm-hmm. on mine, and it's incredible.
1: Go back to the aged chisel as soon as you take a puff out of that. I don't want to. Do it. I don't want to. It's um, You want sweetness to come through, mm-hmm. try the aged one as soon as you take a puff off that. Ooh. It's insane. It's that contrast and power that just changes
0: everything. The I- difference between these two cigars is very obvious. The fl- the flavors are the same, but the smoothness, the creaminess, yeah. and the nuances that have developed with the aged tobacco um, are incredibly noticeable. Uh, what a difference 13 years makes.
1: <laughs> it's, it's absolutely incredible what age can do to a really well-made cigar. Yeah. I'm almost getting like a eucalyptus herbal note on the flower band chisel Mm -hmm. when I go back and forth you get kind of just it's such a I don't know if eucalyptus is the right word maybe I've smoked too many cigars today
2: possibly I don't know what eucalyptus tastes like so I'm going to leave that one no I don't know what eucalyptus tastes like what does eucalyptus taste like Eucalyptus eucalyptus. Alright great
1: (laughs) It's almost I don't know if I'd say straight eucalyptus Eucalyptus can be a little abrasive um, But it's Slightly minty Kind of herbal note Especially on the retro hill
2: Okay I I get that On the flower band Which
1: wasn't coming through before we lit this Uh, True It's a drastic change
2: It is Now,
0: the burn on the uh, mm. the new cigar is a little bit wavier, and um, but the ash is still nice and white. The um, burn line is still very thin. Um, the ash on both of these, you know, is really solid, holding together, and the sign of a really well-made cigar. Um, would you say i'm not picking up much difference between the power of these cigars
1: i was feeling the same way especially getting that inch in Mm -hmm. that flower band the aged cigar um sneaks up on you when it comes to power you don't Mm. expect that because it's so smooth and creamy right um and it shines through with really good aged tobacco Mm -hmm. but the power is there yeah and it's it's almost scary it's, it's
0: yeah i mean you paul was feeling it um and i still am it really quick i mean he's shaking a little bit in the hand there <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's just his age oh my goodness um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so to uh, let's let's Steve, let's talk a little bit, introduce you to the audience here while we're getting a little bit into the cigar. Then we can have a little more intelligent talk about the difference between one and the other and how it pairs with this particular Mm. uh, drink that we have. Um, So I have often described myself as a cigar and pipe enthusiast. I hold that as being one or two levels below geek level which is where I would put you <laughs> in this in this whole thing you know more about the ins and outs of the cigar and pipe and spirits than I will probably ever hope to know in my life but you know so when did when did you start getting into cigars is this something that you know you've always you know you know when you were 12 you had dreams of of being in the the cigar business i mean how did you get into this
1: so oddly enough my first experience was um not me smoking personally (laughs) but uh with my grandfather in the elks club there was always a guy at the end of the bar we used to play pool all the time in the Mm -hmm. elks club they had three or four pool tables in their bar area and there was always a guy smoking a black cavendish blend pipe tobacco. Okay. And I always remember that intoxicating vanilla note Mm. that just completely engulfs anyone within walking distance of that. Uh, That's really the first time I remember enjoying the smell of any type of burning tobacco because realistically cigarettes are not an enjoyable smell kind of smells like burning paper and chemicals
0: yeah which is basically what you're doing yes yeah <laughs>
1: um, and that's kind of the first experience I remember actually enjoying the smell of tobacco burning mm. um, as for getting in personally to tobacco um, I started uh, smoking cigars oddly enough the first cigar I bought was uh, about 20 miles away from here in southern New Hampshire mm-hmm. um, we'll leave that shop nameless Um, It's about 15 miles from my parents' house. Uh, I went with a buddy of mine who him and his dad used to smoke all the time. Right. Um, At this point, I think I was 19, so it was legal back then, not so much anymore, sadly. Um, And I remember going back to Syracuse when I was going to school at Syracuse University. Um, One night at about 11.30 at night in September, uh, I was taking a break from studying, and I decided to go outside and smoke the cigar. Uh, first cigar I ever smoked was a La Glory Cubana Series R Number no. Seven Maduro. Wow! And just about everybody
0: just dive in. Yeah, just dive in, in as the well, deep end.
1: Might as well go as full body as you can go at that point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, other than something that's LFD. Um, and I still remember getting through about half to three quarters of the cigar, putting it down, standing up, almost falling over. Um, that was my first experience with nicotine poisoning. Mm. <laughs> um, and I did not know the sugar trick at right. that point, um, was not feeling so good. Um, and that was my first experience with cigars. From then on, um, I'd go to a local shop in Syracuse, in downtown Syracuse, um, went there, picked up a couple cigars, second cigar I smoked, Padrone 1964, uh, Principi Maduro. Mm. that was the first cigar I got that Tootsie Roll Mm -hmm. chocolate bomb note Mm -hmm. it just it's chocolate bar
0: yeah it's a chocolate bar it's
1: absolutely incredible I smoked that on the loading dock of my dorm Mm -hmm. my sophomore year at SU Um, from then on I just joined every forum that I could Uh, cigar aficionado forums Mm -hmm. which doesn't exist anymore Mm -hmm. cigar asylum BOTL cigar family and I just started reading learning as much as I could whenever I get into something whether it be cigars watches computers anything I dive so deep I want to know everything about it as much as I as much information as I can gather I'll go after it uh, and that's how I really got deep into cigars started hanging out with a bunch of guys going to hearfs all this type of stuff um, and about six months after my second cigar Um, a local buddy of mine, um, who lives in New Hampshire, actually Pepperel Mass right over the border, um, mentioned because he spent summers out in Syracuse, he said, come down to a shop, uh, just outside of Syracuse, come out, hang out with the guys. And it was right after I got back from school. And that was the first job, first job in the tobacco industry that I got. Mm. I started working for that shop. And this was about six months after I was hanging out there. They realized, wow, this kid actually knows what's going on. He knows how to sell. He knows the tasting notes. He knows how to properly figure out where people want to be with their palate and what they want yeah, to Yeah, you,
0: you have a great palate. Thank you, Dan. You do.
1: Uh, it's nowhere near what some of the people that I've met in this industry have, mm-hmm. but... And it's, realistically, it's blown out a couple times over the past couple of years (laughs) just smoking too many cigars in a day. Um, But I like to focus and pay attention to every cigar that I smoke. Mm. It's not just I smoke a cigar. um, I pay attention to every change. I pay attention to different lighting techniques, different aging techniques, storage conditions, all the little complexities that change how a cigar presents itself on your palate and little intricacies like that will completely change the cigar.
0: Very true. As Nick basically showed for us by cutting it, the cigar differently than everybody else, his experience of the uh, 2019 cigar is very different from what the rest of us were experiencing. Have you experienced any changes since that
2: started? No, just still getting rich chocolate notes out of it. Are you getting any pepper at all? Uh, a little bit on the hill, but not much. It's like... It's a little tingle. Not really, not for me. It's it's just incredibly smooth all the way around. The strength is there, obviously. Um, but the, the smooth, dark chocolate notes are really... Uh, it's a mouthful, and it's more so... Than the flower band which is crazy because how good that is how smooth that is that is more subtle Um, you gotta kind of concentrate a little bit more on the the complexity of the cigar Uh, this one you don't have to do that it's right up front right in your face and you can enjoy it and it goes again it goes really well with the high west
0: David, what about you? Are you noticing any differences between the two cigars? Um, I'm getting
4: with the... Uh, let me just take another draw here. I've I'm been I'm going back and forth, back and forth, trying to draw. Um, I feel like uh, the flower band is more of a smooth, leathery chocolate. Mm-hmm. to me and the the twenty nineteen is more of a peppery smooth leather chocolate to me that's um but they're both like uh, pretty powerful but it's it's i ran out of my drink so i't <laughs> I, I don't know how the twenty nineteen compares with the drink though but i'm sure it would be good mm. um but yeah they' it's it's a it's a fantastic contrast with the ages. Just uh, the differences
0: and I had I had said at the beginning that uh, you know the the burn on mine was a little bit more wavy it's been correcting itself as the cigar has gone on it's still not you know totally you know straight like the older one was but it's correcting itself and I have to tell you I had i had been smoking the 2019 for you know five or six minutes listening to Steve talk about his past experiences and everything and had left the Flower Band one sitting for a while, and I picked it up again, it was still lit, it was still going, and that's really cool to me too, that that cigar was able to hang on there for a few minutes, sitting there, and I didn't have to relight it, that was a wonderful thing, and just going back to that really smooth, there's a silkiness to that old one mm. um, that's yeah, it's very silky that is not there in the in the uh, 2019 version and I, I, I have to assume since the blend has not changed in that time that that's a product of the aging
1: there's um definite secondary and tertiary flavors the non-dominant flavors think of if you're talking about aged wine mm-hmm. fruit is gonna be your generally your dominant flavor Um, depending on what you're looking at. When you start talking about secondary and tertiaries, you're talking about earth, you're talking about florals, you're talking about all the different herbal notes that you'll get. And it translates very well over into cigars. Mm. Um, When you start aging cigars, that power seems to take a step back. Mm. That dominant earth leather usually takes a step back and kind of mellows out, and you'll get kind of that herbaceous... Eucalyptus, minty kind of note that you'll get out of the flower band versus the current production you don't notice that at all because mm. it's a lot of power it's a little bit more rough uh but it's still a very very smooth cigar mm. it's just the product of aging and storage conditions realistically also have something to do with that as well uh, sure this flower band chisel um has been in my collection mm. for the past eight months Um, it's been at low humidity and low temperature Um, we'll touch upon the specifics on that in a couple minutes or you know a couple hours depending on how long this (laughs) podcast goes we may have to close down the shop (laughs) Um, but the storage conditions will also change how the cigar presents itself Mm. um, because you start noticing a little bit different because of combustion temperature
0: sure All right, we are back, and uh, we have added a second pairing. Uh, We had High West Campfire, which was really uh, the pairing that we wanted to put with the uh, 2007 cigar, aka the Flower Band, and for the second pairing and really meant to try and pair well with the 2019 cigar, we have Whistle 10 Tenure. You want to tell us a little bit about that, Paul?
3: Yes, yeah, so straight from the Whistlepig website, uh, the spirit of entrepreneurship, fortune, superb taste, and hustle led us to the discovery of an aged rye whiskey stock in Alberta, Canada. We rescued the stock from misuse as a blending whiskey aged in new American oak then hand-bottle this rye on its own. Uh, on the nose, you're, you're bound to get allspice, orange peel, oak, char, and caramel. The palate will be sweet hints of caramel and vanilla, followed by rice spice and mint. And on the finish, it will be long with warm butterscotch and caramel.
1: i call that dead on.
3: That is a very, very nice.
0: Uh, it's, it's much oh. richer. Mm. Uh, than the uh, campfire it's not as it's not as uh smooth Mm -hmm. not that it's not smooth but it's a much richer fuller um it lingers there yeah it lingers oh it lingers Uh, big time and Mm. uh uh, lots of deeper sweet kind of flavors with that
3: i like i like to know what dave thinks (laughs) <laughs> about about
0: the drink. Since this, Wait, will, this, since since this don't, will be, don't drink the whole thing, Dave. We have yeah. like another hour to go.
3: Oh boy, how's your esophagus? Ah, uh, it's uh
0: it's
4: it's not bad anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have totally converted me now. Oh, but that description was like right on about it. Mm. And man, but uh, right off the bat. You know, the pepper on the uh the flower band is just doubled. It just opens it right mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. That is it's just very, very, very good. Wow.
1: That whistle pig's intense.
4: It doesn't
0: feel thirteen years old now. <laughs> 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 I was like, Hello. How do you think the whistle pig pairs with both of these cigars?
1: The whistle pig, um, especially when Paul mentioned the New American Oak. Um uh, New American Oak presents especially in a wine, which is going to be a little bit more of a delicate flavor uh, compared to a whiskey, especially a rye. Um, Rye is going to be that really peppery, a little bit more aggressive type whiskey. Mm -hmm. Um, The New American Oak will lend those baking spices and vanilla notes and that sweet caramel from that char in the barrels. You're going to notice that be a lot more forward, and it kind of mellows out that aggressive spice that rye can sometimes have. Uh, and comparing to the cigars, realistically, I mean, yes,
0: mm. yes, I'm working no. on it.
1: <laughs> um, it definitely picks up the spice note significantly more oh, yeah. in the aged cigar. Mm-hmm. Um, you notice a lot more vanilla note comes through, and I think that's a lot of the lingering of the whiskey on your palate. Mm-hmm. Um, with the 2019 it's still very mellow. Mm-hmm. It, I, now don't get me wrong, but it's it's definitely a strong, powerful cigar. Right. But I honestly think the contrast between the whistle pig and the flower band is more noticeable mm-hmm. than the current release, Chisel Maduro.
3: Yep. That the 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 retrohale on the flower band is outrageous oh yeah with the whistle pig. and what's absolutely it just absolutely went from being a a, a background spice very smooth to being a full-blown spice bomb Mm. on the retrohale it's just that whistle pig just opened up the senses sensories in your palate and in your your uh nasal passages and just allowed that at to God to just come alive. And it goes so much sweeter too. Oh yeah.
1: The sweetness. Ooh, I totally kicks experience up and that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally experience yeah. what you're yeah. saying, yeah. Paul. Yep. Oh, yeah. That
0: is amazing. Yeah. Paul oh
4: Paul right now has permagrin. he just looks so happy.
0: Oh. Yeah. He looks like <laughs> Nick in the first hour of this podcast. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. Nick, what are you uh Picking up here, how do you like the whistle pig with uh, each of the cigars? Is there a cigar you think it pairs better with?
5: Feel
3: the, free to speak.
2: <laughs> the the twenty nineteen. Can you feel your legs yet, Nick? Yeah, I could definitely, dude. I still have talking, my you're, legs. You're talking to you're talking to a guy that went into a, a double digger competition and won. So the guy
1: that smokes the NAS for breakfast. What, yeah. what is a yeah.
0: double digger competition?
2: Well, a couple of years ago, when we were at Maddie's place in Plastow, uh I think it was about six of us, and uh, I forgot what was on the table as far as winning, and um, Maddie gave us all double diggers, and uh, this was before the NAS came out, and uh, he's like, the first one gets, uh, first one gets to the band wins and I smoked that thing I think a little over an hour I hit the band and I was good I probably I pro I don't think I smoked another cigar for the next two days but I was I won <laughs> uh, how much
0: is that something you want to be proud of? Nick talked like this for the next
2: two days. <laughs> like I had, to go, Nick couldn't I had to go to the hospital yeah. and get a yeah. <laughs> um, I smoked, I think, six or seven NASAs in one night. And, and it's on the podcast. You guys can look it up. It's, it was the cold draw. And uh, we did six. I did six. Maddie did eight. And the other guy, Bob, did six or seven.
0: What is crazy. what is the point of that? I mean, uh, that's like saying, you know, crazy, watch, dude. We watch as nuts. I lay on this bed of nails and hit myself with a hammer.
2: I don't know. It was <laughs> just something. I can, you know? Well, it was yeah, the, it was the it. new thing. I did it. It was the new thing at the time. The, the Nas was the strongest cigar out at the time, and it was just this little thing, and it didn't look like much, and... The the power that you got from it was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. And it still is. It's still one of the strongest cigars I've ever had in my life.
1: I must say I uh have been guilty of this, not personally smoking. However, I walked into an event on Long Island Um and brought in a bundle of NAS. Mm. Wow, what a difference. And said to the GM of the store All you're smoking tonight is NAS. And he's notorious for powering through cigars. cigars. This event was, you know, five, six hours long. I think he smoked through close to a dozen NAS all night while pounding, you know, four energy drinks.
2: Yeah, that's not good. No, it,
1: it was probably a bad combo, and I worry about his cardiovascular health. Oh, yeah. Um, especially with all that caffeine. <sighs> um, but he powered through it, and Atta that boy. is the most I've ever seen someone smoke NASs in one sitting. Yeah. It's aggressive, I couldn't do it myself
2: this strong, but anyways, back to the subject that hand, yeah, um wow i it's kind of I'm torn between them because I relit the flower band and I get some of the spice it it's still ridiculously smooth, but I think the whistle pick goes very well with the nineteen it that that sweetness, <laughs> and I did actually cut. Uh, even though I didn't really want to, I did actually <laughs> did a regular cut, um, and on, it didn't, on, the, on 2019. the 2019 because I originally punched both sides.
0: How's that changed things, if at all, for you?
2: It's more uh, the chocolate notes are more apparent; they're more upfront. So it's more. So I think with the the punches, it kind of separates it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it kind of smooths it out naturally. Mm-hmm. But with this, with the regular cut, you're just getting it full force. With the chocolate, mm. with the spice, not much spice on the retro hail, um, but the chocolate is is definitely more apparent in like full up front.
3: What about you, Paul? the whistle pig has without a doubt opened up the flower band chisel Mm -hmm. tremendously yeah with the 19 one it actually mellowed it out Mm i'm 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 actually going to say that the 19 has now decreased in in overall uh spice uh picking up a little bit more leather but the flower band has just increased everything the spice specifically and that retro is just unbelievable oh yeah it, it, it's like it just mm-hmm. unlocked it 's like a different cigar and opened up the doors of 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 spice them
0: <laughs> now we're about an inch further along yeah. in the uh, two thousand and seven one i'm wondering once we get to that you know bottom third with the two thousand and nineteen if we're going to see another increase in that cigar as well
4: yeah the uh i I'm, I'm getting it's uh it 's like they flip flopped mm-hmm. from from the drink right I'm getting mm-hmm. the um, the 2019 has kind of mellowed, and the 2007 has become you know very peppery in the retro hale. Um, it's it's crazy the difference with just a, a change in drink. Paul, well, uh,
0: this is what I'm saying. I'm I'm wondering if it's is it the drink or is it the blend of the cigar is is, is, is there's more spice further on down the cigar
2: as well. I think it might be that case. Oh, well, I think it might be both a little bit. Um, now that I'm a Couple inches away from the band, or a couple centimeters away from the band, I definitely get that spice that Paul was talking about in the flower band. Yeah, the that fl- thing is spice bomb.
0: The flower band spice now in the retro is almost like a wasabi. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. spice, it's right? in there. Yep. And uh, the the spice, and again, almost. almost I'm, you know, really about an about an inch behind the spice in the. Uh, uh, Twenty nineteen has really mellowed. It's it's very chocolatey, very earthy. There's almost this kind of molasses kind of sweetness to it to me mm. on the finish um, that the whistle pig really pairs with. Yes, um, both drinks for me would be great pairings with either of these. Um, mm-hmm. I do th- I like the way the whistle pig goes with the 2019 cigar better than how it goes with the aged cigar but it, i'm not talking like huge differences i mean it's it's i think those bolder flavors of the of the 2019 and the whistle pig match just a little bit better than the Campfire. The Campfire, I think, goes incredibly well yes. with that 2007 cigar. Yeah. That little bit of peat that's in there just pulls out those smoky flavors and the spice uh, in a way for me that's gives it that edge over the whistle pig. Um, but both of these pairings, I think, are excellent. Yep.
1: That's the one thing that's really unique about um, pairings with cigars, food, mm-hmm. whatever it may be everybody's palate's going to be hit differently. Correct. Um, and every nuance that you get out of a specific drink, whether it be beer, brown spirits, soda, um, even carbonated water of some sort, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to hit your palate differently depending on the, what you're smoking, and it's going to change the experience that you have. So realistically, unless the pairings are so obtuse, so just out of the ballpark. Um, I think just about any pairing is going to accentuate specific notes in a cigar um, that'll make it a really unique experience. Mm. And it shows between the campfire and the whistle pig that whistle pig mm. completely cranks up that aged flower band. Mm-hmm. And the flavors are cranked up to 11. Yep. Yeah. And yep. the current production, Double Harrow, um, Chisel Maduro, it's. It's still a lot of spice. The cocoa note comes through a little bit more, but there's so much more going on with that flower band. Mm. It just brings everything to the forefront, and it makes it so glaringly obvious that there's so much going on here that you really didn't notice before.
0: Well, that's a great segue back to to what the main focus of the discussion this half of the show is going to be about, and that's really... Aging you know to age or not to age, you know that, <laughs> that is, is that the is the question um being totally transparent and this can be you know if we're going to look at this as kind of like the pastor Padron's cigar confession i've never been able to age cigars they just don't last in my house <laughs> you know, they, they just yeah. don't last you know and you, you I work in a cigar shop, you know so Frankly, I I don't have a lot at home. That may be a surprise to a lot of people out there. But when you work at an epic place like Twins, where there's 1,600 facings and 20,000 cigars to choose from, that are all kept in perfect humidity, you know, why keep a bunch at home? I'm here all the time anyway. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's like this is my personal humidor. <laughs> this, this is my this aging room.
2: room. Yeah. yeah. Every, everybody says that when they come in. They're like, oh, why do I need stuff at home when I can just come in here? This is my personal humidor. So,
0: you know, I've never, and the few times I've tried to do it, I think I've done it maybe with the wrong things. You know, my first experience with aging was trying to age padrones. I got a uh, 1964 anniversary gift pack uh, back when that included the A, and that was the first A-size cigar. And I I made goals for each of the cigars that were in there. And when I got to the Padron A five years later, it was like, I can't believe I waited five years. This would have been so much better five years ago. Yeah, probably. It It just did not age well. Now, that may have been poor aging on my part. I don't know. But, you know, um, I guess that's my first question. Are there particular tobaccos from particular countries that age better than others? In other words, are there cigars that age better than others? For instance, you know, you hear everybody talking about aging um, Opus X. Mm. from Fuente Dominican Tobacco this is also Dominican Tobacco mm-hmm. I can tell you if you had the 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 self-control to age this cigar which is really good now and wicked awesome 13 years old if you have the, the self-control to do that you're going to be in for a big treat it, but is that something that other tobaccos maybe just don't age as well. I don't know. So, Steve, that's my first question for you.
1: So, the one thing when it comes to tobacco, mm-hmm. no matter what you're aging, it's going to change. It's the question of what is going to change with that cigar. Right. I've right. smoked um, some of the earliest production of La Florida um, It was a box of... The Florida Minacana Premium Line, it wasn't even called that at that point, Mm -hmm. from November or October of 1996. That's our Connecticut Shade line, it's now called the Suave. Mm -hmm. That cigar was absolutely incredible. Had so much left in the tank, and you don't expect a Connecticut cigar really to age, per se, Mm -hmm. because it's generally a pretty mild cigar to begin with. Right. Uh, But it was so much more than what I was expecting for a 20-plus-year-old cigar. Mm. At that point, I think it was uh, 22 years old when I procured the box myself. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think the question of specific tobacco aging, it depends on your own palate. Mm. It depends on sensitivity of palate. Because if, let's say, you're a smoker that smokes, let's say, 700 Maduro... okay. over and over and over and over and over again your palate is used to a certain level of flavor Mm -hmm. it's like the big mac theory Mm -hmm. it big mac is just such a monster i probably can't say that because it's trademarked and various other things there's cranked up to 11 level of flavor in that and you go eat a regular hamburger and you're like this just isn't the same it's almost the same thing if you're smoking strong cigars left and right you're Mm -hmm. not going to notice the nuances of aged tobacco you're not going to notice those intricate flavors that come out when you start sitting on tobacco for a long period of time Mm. and all those i bring back the secondary and tertiary notes which is a true wine term um that's probably used in various other age related products um that i think tobacco is going to age differently whether it be mild medium or very very bold full-bodied um Are you going to notice that a full-bodied cigar or full-bodied tobacco um, ages slower? Or you'll notice more power left? Mm -hmm. This is a perfect example. Um, Chisel Maduro, that's a strong cigar. Right. It's probably one of the strongest cigars we make. um, And you notice there's a ton of power left. Yep. If you're aging something Connecticut, you're going to notice a lot more flavor on the retrohale. Mm Mm-hmm than you will on the palate because the retrohale, your olfactory glands, basically that little bundle of nerves in your sinuses will pick up so much more from that aged light body or very mild cigar than your palate will. Whereas this, your palate's getting just assaulted by a ton of flavors. Your olfactory glands pick up a lot. Sure, absolutely. But your palate, you still notice a significant amount. Um, I think it comes more down to aging conditions and properly aging okay. cigar to make sure things are where you want them to be.
0: Now I know in the realm of pipe tobacco, one of the things you need to be you know, looking for when you're aging is you know, there are certain tobaccos like Virginia that have more natural sugar in them uh, and the sugar in the leaf is what ferments and creates the changes. And other tobaccos like Burley's that don't have as much sugar don't change as much noticeably over time Um, so you know when it comes to cigar leaf honestly I don't know I've never read anything that talks about the sugar content in any of the the leaves that are there. Do you know anything about that? Is, there, is, there, is, is it fairly standard across the board? You know that because uh, I know uh, cigar tobacco, pipe tobacco, they're different types of tobacco plants and so maybe the plants are all you know right now I'm in a kind of a realm of ignorance trying to figure out why some cigars seem to age better than others. So
1: that's really a difficult topic to talk about because mm-hmm. i don't have a lot of base knowledge when it comes to the amount of sugar in a cigar or a specific type of tobacco but if you use direct comparison yet let's use connecticut broadleaf okay. um, or any maduro mm-hmm. or a Scurro wrapper during the fermentation process it's fermented at a much higher temperature mm-hmm. so those sugars start to caramelize that's where you get that dark brown almost chocolate color Mm -hmm. and a lot of maduros in my experience do age very very well Mm. and they have a tendency to get sweeter over time Mm -hmm. and i think that's a lot to do with the wrapper being naturally sweet but you have that power backing off you have the filler tobaccos in the binder express less Mm -hmm. and that wrapper really comes to the forefront and you notice that flavor kind of smack you upside the head a little bit
4: so one of the one of the questions I have is, um, because aging something is pretty much you're you're slowly decomping it, you know. So if you took a cigar where it went through the tobacco leaves went through a certain process and then you rolled the cigar, versus something like Perdomo or like Padrone, where they age it first then roll it. Um, wouldn't that have like a huge significance on on taste after aging if something's already aged in the first
1: place to a certain extent yes my understanding of aging um, the fermentation process essentially stops once the cigar is normalized down to smoking humidity okay if you hit it with high temp or high humidity after it's been rolled that's when you start going into a micro fermentation phase and that's when the fermentation is basically decomposition of tobacco it's controlled decomposition so you're basically removing the ammonia compounds from the fermentation right and you're kinda mellowing that tobacco out during the aging process specifically if you were talking about Padron they're aging it in a very humid environment they're aging it in a warmer environment so you're essentially going through controlled decomp. However, my technique for aging when it comes to box aging or aging in a humidor is the exact opposite of what they do prior to rolling. I go into a very controlled temperature and humidity environment where fermentation really shouldn't happen because it's not warm enough to occur. Um, my, My ideal aging environment Is sitting somewhere between sixty and sixty-five degrees Fahrenheit, Uh and somewhere in the sixty to sixty-five percent, sometimes pushing into the high sixties for humidity, which realistically there should not be any fermentation going on at that point. Um, And the key thing for me is box age. Yeah, you want a sealed, complete box. If it's still wrapped in the plastic that the box came in, great. The idea is for me, um, and this is going back to um, estate lots from JJ Fox going back to the 40s, 30s, 50s, um, talking about UK, aged in a basement, very cold, lower humidity, um, very little air exchange. That lack of air exchange is essentially um, creating or decreasing the oxidative capacity. So you're having less air hit the cigar. Right. The oxidation really isn't happening because going back into chemistry, higher temp is going to create a higher oxidative capacity of whatever it is.
4: That's going to preserve it
1: better. Yes. So long-term aging, in my mind, um, I use a wine cooler, which has been modified into a humidor. It has cedar shells. It has cedar drawers, um, which the cedar allows for that very controlled humidity because the cedar is going to absorb that humidity. Plus you're dealing with sealed boxes that are generally made out of cedar um, and you're not having a lot of air exchange in there. Even if the fan's going, it's not penetrating that box. So you have that very controlled balance between humidity, getting through the cedar in the box, and actually reaching the cigar so you have a very controlled environment. It's almost like a microclimate to an extent. Um, And that has a tendency to slowly age tobacco. Because if let's say you're going to a brick-and-mortar cigar shop, ordering online, wherever it may be, and you're buying one or two cigars and you're saying to yourself, okay, I'm going to age this for a year and then age the second cigar for two years, you're going to notice over that amount of time that the aging causes a significant loss in the flavor. Uh, Perfect example, the um, Padron A that you aged, that was a sampler of five or six. Right. You open the box six months in, whatever it may be, um, and you expose it to a significant amount of air. Um, and the way Padrone rolls, especially with their box press, they generally do a lot less filler tobacco because it allows for such an easy draw. And realistically, you're never going to have a burn problem with anything um, Padron Anniversario right. um, just because everything combusts very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, because you have... Increased airflow, mm-hmm. and you have a very easy draw, and it almost smokes itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I just lost my train of thought. Don't mind me. Um, when you start going into keeping that box sealed for five years, you notice a significant difference and a lot slower aging. Um, so, it, if it it it's not extreme. fermenting
0: that's going on, yep. what's changing? with the tobacco as you're as you're aging it in those conditions.
1: So as my understanding I have a better understanding of what happened with the flavors as opposed to the chemical composition of the tobacco. Okay. Um as you can see, especially here the burn line of that flower band was dead straight. Mhm. It was very 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 fine. It was very controlled. It was perfect.
4: Yeah, it's like the tobacco is pretty much married.
1: It's, it's along those lines. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the humidity mm-hmm. in the cigar. allows for a very even burn because it's been sitting so long in the constant humidity. Like I said, this box has been sitting eight months in my collection in that wine cooler at that 60 to 65 range for both temperature and humidity. Um, you don't see a lot of variance. It's very, very controlled. So you're going to see even burn, even with tons and tons of Lajero in that blend. Mm-hmm. That's a very Lajero forward blend. Right. If you smoke it very fast, you're going to see that coning of the ash, um, which is just the Lajero that doesn't want to burn. Right. Uh, but everything kind of just eases into things. It gets very, very consistent. It just it, It's perfection, mm. basically.
0: Now you hear over and over again the ideal temperature for your humid or at home is 70% humidity, 70 degrees. You hear that all the time. And I know, you know, more from, you know, I've heard it from people like yourself before, um, that aging tobacco, you, you know, maybe want to keep the temperature and humidity lower than that. And that may be a new thought to some people out there they get concerned when their humidor hits 65 or 60 degrees and um, I've never been really all that you know I actually prefer my cigars to be 65-ish as far as humidity goes Um, I think they burn better (laughs) you know wet things don't burn as well as dry things do but how does that how does that come into play? You know, is it, what's why do you need to be concerned about keeping the humidity lower?
1: So I personally smoke at a lower humidity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I smoke very very slow. Um, this cigar, I mean, it's a six six and a half by fifty two mm-hmm. ring gauge. Um, this is a almost two hour cigar for me smoking a digger in an hour just blows my mind <laughs> um i can't even comprehend yeah. how it's even possible to do that um the 70 70 range i think was um it's really good for a walk-in humidor mm-hmm. it's very good for a shop because you're holding a little bit of extra humidity and you never know what a customer is going to do yeah. when they leave the shop I was say The variance in humidity is when you start having issues. Mm. If let's say you take a cigar that's been kept in a perfectly controlled environment, 70-70 from a cigar shop, and in the winter in New England everybody knows how cold and dry it gets. You throw a cigar in your car, you forget the bag in your car for a day, and you go to smoke that cigar, it suddenly explodes. Which is one of the worst things that I see when it comes to Mm. smoking a cigar. I hate when a perfectly good cigar gets ruined like that because the flavor just completely changes. You're not having the wrapper combustion the way it should. The flavor just doesn't express itself anymore. Um, And the variance humidity is, I think, in terms of smoking performance, something that needs to be avoided as much as humanly possible. Mm. Winter in New England is going to be very difficult. People that power smoke, they're going to see, especially if they're smoking outside, If anyone's crazy enough to do that, um, I think you're going to see a lot more exploding cigars. You're going to see cracking wrappers um, because of the sheer fact that the air is very dry. It's Mm -hmm. very, very cold. It doesn't have the ability to hold humidity at 40 degrees, 30 degrees, whatever it may be. So that wrapper ends up drying out. So all you have left is filler tobacco that's very, very humid because it doesn't have that air exposure. Right. So combine that with a power smoker that's taking six puffs before a real draw you're going to see the cherry in that cigar heat up so much and the wrapper and binder dry out that the filler tobacco just wants to expand and it ends up blowing through the binder blowing through the wrapper and you start getting cracks Mm. um and i think that's something that i personally like to avoid that's why i smoke a lot slower And the benefit of holding a cigar at that humidity and temperature and smoking slow is you notice the flavor expression completely change. Right. You're going to notice so much more complexity. It's like drinking a really hot cup of coffee straight out of the coffee machine. Mm. It's a little different. It burns your palate. It's so aggressive. Um, It just completely overwhelms you, whereas if you let it cool down a little bit, get it down to comfortable drinking temperature... You notice a lot more going on. That burnt, charred note kind of goes away a little bit. Um, and you notice the cigar express itself. Mm. I just hop between coffee and cigars really, really quick. So <laughs> I, I like yeah, that It's pair. an easy thing to do. It's yeah. a very easy thing to do. Coffee and cigars
0: mm, go yep. so well. Coffee. Mm. Um, I want to jump back to what we're experiencing between the uh, 2007 and 2019 cigars. Nick, what are you uh, picking up? Between the two
2: uh, a lot more spice a lot more strength now that I'm down to the last couple of inches of the flower band um, mm. it's uh, still smooth still consistent um, construction is on par things beautiful and uh, still getting some nice heavier chocolate notes from uh, the 2019 very nice
0: I'd agree with that um, there's definitely spice in both especially in the retro in the older one uh, from 2007 it's more that wasabi mm-hmm. and in the 2019 it's much more of a peppery spice Paul what about yourself
3: yeah I, I thought the uh, the whistle pig was really uh, the culprit if you will, in terms of opening up the flower band, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I haven't really, I've been kind of keeping my whistle pig at bay Mm -hmm. uh, and just letting the cigar on its own uh, talk to me a little bit, and I think the cigar is really opening up on its own. It's not, Mm -hmm. the whistle pig (coughs) helped to bring it out a little bit, but Mm -hmm. I I still think that now that I'm down to the last third of the flower band, Mm. uh, the cigar on its own has opened up, and I'm still getting that, like you said, the wasabi, that full-blown uh, spice bomb on the retrohale it really is it's it's phenomenal the one note that i pick up on
1: this recent production from 2019 uh, if anyone's been lucky enough to come down to our factory for a factory tour we spoke about this a little bit during the break um there's a cedary woodsy note that comes out of the recent production that to me smells and tastes and those are essentially both the same thing in my mind um like our factory, like our Mm. aging room. Um, Our aging room is 100% cedar cabinets, um, probably a little bit bigger than this office. It's about two to three times the size of this office Mm -hmm. um, with big cedar cabinets all throughout. And that perfume of cedar Mm. just oozes out. Mm. And this is kind of that earthy, woodsy note, the cedary note that I get out of this which is amazing that a cigar that's been kept in a cedar box for 13 years doesn't have more cedar notes to it. Yeah, yeah. I would, I
0: would why do you thing. why do you think that is? That was that was something I was thinking about as you were talking because you made such a point of saying that you're that it's you kept it in its cedar box, you kept it in cedar shelves inside your and you just let it sit there in that cabinet, which I'm sure you rarely open. Um, why Why is that cedariness, do you think, gone so much more so in the older cigar?
1: I think the expression of cedar is a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, this, it's straight from our agent room. Like, you can just taste it. Mm. I, I think I'm the only one in the room that's been in our factory, yes. um, sadly. Hopefully we can fix that pretty soon. Um, but... That perfume
3: note. Waiting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we all want to go. Everybody has their hands thrown up like, WTF? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't
3: promise something you can't keep, Steve. <laughs> Let's see. If we pull off. <laughs> I think we should um, all challenge just, flag. I think we should all just hop on a plane right now with
4: Steve.
1: Just head <laughs> down like to a make a republico. I'll give Tony a call. All right. Uh, Thank you. I, I think that Asian Room just perfumes so much because there's so much cedar in there. Hmm that you notice it so much more in the cigar whereas realistically a cedar box is a limited amount of cedar right you don't have a lot of exposure again there's a very little air exchange going on right other than that box and that cigar in the box mm. um... so you're really not getting that airflow that would perfume all the tobacco mm-hmm. and th- let's not be fooling ourselves this is a very strong cigar for being thirteen years old oh yeah yeah if yeah. you smoke something connecticut shade Or something milder that has a similar age Mm -hmm. that tobacco won't be as dominant you're going to notice significantly more cedar perfume through that cigar just from that exposure this tobacco just has so much flavor on its own
0: you're going to get more of a mustiness too and this doesn't have any any must must at all it's 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 like silky smooth it's that that silky smooth creaminess has been added because of the age but there's none of that kind of musty and i'm not using musty in a bad sense but that musty kind of flavor that you get from a well-aged connecticut wrap or light wrap cigar would everybody agree with that yes yeah Yeah. Yeah. i'd I'd
4: even you know i think even as it changes and the flavors have changed in the uh, 2007 um from what we've been drinking the uh no matter how it changes it's the change is always super smooth mm. you know
1: and the one thing that's unique about this flower band i uh procured this box from a retailer that's notorious for keeping a very cold store mm-hmm. and he has cabinet humidors throughout the entire store and humidifies the entire store
5: mm-hmm.
1: he keeps it bordering on scary humidity for me mm-hmm. uh, i actually bring my cigars back up a little bit in humidity when I grab something from him. Mm -hmm. Um, So you're seeing a lot less expression of that mustiness, Mm -hmm. which to me almost has uh, something to do with a higher humidity of aging. Okay. Um, I've smoked some stuff out of humidors going, I mean, 20-year-old cigars, that you notice a significantly more must. And that's, I think, just settling air at a higher humidity. It kind of just hangs. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're keeping that lower humidity, it kind of just gently mellows things out. Mm -hmm. And it really has less to do with humidity hanging in the tobacco.
0: Alright, now the question I want to talk about is this. Where is the line? And I believe it is often crossed by people who get very into the aging cigars thing. Where is the line between Aging the cigar and hoarding the cigar. (laughs) You know, people who just get the box to hang on to it and they don't want to open it up. They're going to let it sit. They're going to let it age. And wait for that right time, that special occasion. And so often I hear over and over again, that special occasion has not yet come five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years later down the road, at, you know, cigars were meant to be enjoyed. They were meant to be smoked, not just kept in your humidor forever. That's another reason that I've had a very hard time with with uh, aging cigars, is that, you know, if I'm going to spend money on a fine cigar, yeah, let it, let it sit for 30 days, 60 days, you know, six months or something. And I, I have, I have aged cigars for up to a year, but never really more than that, because the whole point of the cigar is to smoke it and to enjoy it. And so when you end up with, you know, 20, 30, 40, hundred boxes of cigars that you're just sitting on because you have them, you know, so you can go and look and say, Oh, look, I have that, that box of um, League attends, you know, and you're just going to sit and admire the fact that you have one of these coveted boxes. I mean, is there a line there between, you know, where you're, you're really doing it to, to... How do you know when you're not just hoarding stuff?
1: So aging, no matter what the <laughs> age range is, does not scare me. I've smoked cigars going back to the late 1800s, early 1900s, 1930s, 1940s. I don't think I've done anything during the Depression. Um, A cigar expresses itself differently depending on its age. Different notes are going to come out of that cigar, whether it be mild or whether it be an absolute powerhouse. I think realistically um, you notice a lot if, let's say, you take this Chisel Maduro and let's say you age it for another 10 years. Mm -hmm. You're going to notice that power back off but you're gonna notice a lot of other flavors that you would never pick out come out of that cigar. Now, if you age a Connecticut cigar for 30, 40 years, um, and you have lots of variance in temperature and humidity, I think you might have a problem there. Mm. Uh, (laughs) Especially if you have a bad storage condition for a couple months where the humidity goes down, you forget to recharge your humidifier, Mm -hmm. um, whatever it may be, um, that's where you get into trouble. Um, I think the box age is a really safe way of doing it, um, keeping the box sealed. Um, it's just how the cigar chooses to express itself at a specific age point. It's going to be different from when you first light it up, when you first, let's say a cigar came out six months ago um, and it just came into a shop and you smoke and you're like, oh my God, this cigar is amazing right now. Cigar is going to change mm. if you put age on it. Mm-hmm. it To your palate, it may change in a bad way. It may change in a good way. But it all comes down to the little nuances. It all comes down to how the cigar decides to express itself at the point when you smoke it. If it's something like, use the Liga 10 for an example, Um, I believe a former uh, president of the company said, um, Liga is not meant to age. Because Liga is meant to be smoked now it's realistically ready to go whenever you're ready to light it up but i think the intent on the blender is a specific age range whereas in the terms of liga smoke it as soon as you get it in the store it's meant to really be done then however it doesn't mean aging that cigar is going to be a bad thing no because it's going to change what's going on right Mm-hmm. And that, that's what's really special about it it's the same thing with wine mm-hmm. um, wine's a little bit more um, extreme um, if let's say you take a really great Bordeaux from a really great vintage uh, call it 2010 which is one of the most powerhouse vintages across the board um, for all of Bordeaux um, you sit on that bottle for you know 20 30 40 50 years um, and that realistically does have that age ability mm-hmm. um, you're going to see the fruit notes die down. You're going to notice earth. you're going to notice pepper. You're going to notice herbaceousness come through that wasn't necessarily intended, mm-hmm. when it was fresh, when it was ready to go, when it was, you know, just released from the vineyard. Cigars are the same way. right? It's just how the tobacco or how the wine um, chooses to express itself in a specific time period. It's all going to change. And whether it's good or bad, that's up to for the smoker to decide. Um, if you expect the Chisel Maduro, like we're smoking now, to smoke exactly how it was when you first got the box, you know, 2019, um, when you smoke it in 2029, uh, it will not express itself the same way. But I think everybody around this table can say that it's expressing itself in a pretty amazing way with 13 years' age on it.
4: So what's what's the oldest cigar you've
5: smoked?
1: I believe uh, it was 1898 Partagas Perfecto. I don't remember the exact size. It was out of Cuba. Um, I don't know where it was sourced from. Um, it was at a Puff Puff Pass in Ohio. Um, cigar Asylum Forum... Um, One of the moderators holds a big get-together in August called Shack. Um, It's one of my favorite events all year. Um, Sadly, I have not been there in years. But you're talking about stuff that you never see. Like there may be one box in existence left. There may be a handful of cigars left. um, And all this stuff gets pulled out. And it was probably one of the most insane experiences of my life because you're passing around cigars that I mean this sounds extreme but you're talking about five hundred to a thousand dollars a cigar
5: mm-hmm
1: which is just I mean an oro blanco right now retails I think for five hundred dollars a cigar from Davidoff mm. you're talking about stuff that's 30 40 50 years old that is just insane money because they don't exist anymore right and it's a really amazing experience to be able to smoke something that's, you know, fifty, sixty, a hundred plus years old, um, and you always have those eyes of those guys that provided that cigar, putting it in the puff up pass and watching you like a hawk if they don't know who you are, because if you hot box that cigar if you smoke it too quick they're ready to jump across the table and <laughs> strangle you, um, and. It's really an amazing experience to smoke something that old. Because mm. it's a completely different. Like, that's when your great-grandparents were alive. It might even be before your great-grandparents ba- were alive, mm-hmm. depending on your age. I'm the youngest one at this table, I think. Uh, Nick might be a little bit younger than me, I'm not sure. 34. Okay, I am the youngest person at this table. Although <laughs> I think I have more gray hair than just about anybody. Um, but smoking something from a completely different time period is it's an amazing experience. Whether you like it or you don't, whether it has fla- expresses flavors that you may or may not like, um, whether it be too cedar dominant, it's, it's all about the experience. That's what cigar smoking is. It's about relaxation. It's about enjoying times with your friends. Uh, it's about having a great glass of scotch, bourbon, rum, whatever you choose to pair with your cigar. Hell, even water. Mm-hmm. Um, water works really good because you're not really competing with any flavors.
0: Right, right, um, right.
1: It's 100% about the experience.
0: Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Mm. Um, what are our final thoughts here on these two really good cigars that we've been enjoying for the past hour and a half or so? Go ahead,
2: Well, Nick. I completely burned out my palate. <laughs> <laughs> I have I a feeling that might happen. I don't think I'll be able to smoke another cigar for at least another twenty minutes, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I'll be smoking on the way home. Um, but man, those cigars—the the night and day difference though—that you get from the Flower Band and the 2019—it's the same tobacco, but with the age on them, it's incredible. You get you know with the Flower Band, you get you know the little nuances of. Of the of the flavors in there, and and then with the twenty nineteen, it's just like straight chocolate in your face. And with the pairings, it brought out more flavor. Uh, they're both ridiculously good cigars.
5: Mm.
3: I think the uh, the best way to to term this is what David said is that uh, it flip flopped uh, at the halfway point. Um, and i I'm not going to say it was the whistle pig that brought out the uh the spice bomb out of the uh flower band one. Um, I think it was the tobacco too I think uh, it 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 started off as that nice, smooth, mellow earthy little spice on the retro hail and uh the the nineteen one was more in your face you know spice pepper, and then halfway through. Uh, it just It just flip flop where that this that flower band just came alive um, just provided that <coughs> that uh, that additional spice on the retro hail and the nineteen one is um, down to the last third of it uh, is just really kind of mellowed out um, still ha- still it 's smooth cedar cedar sweet I absolutely agree with that, um, but uh, both are just phenomenal cigars they really really are
0: Dave, what about you?
4: Um, yeah, like I said earlier, the flip-flop was absolutely amazing. Uh, the 2007 was um, turned um, into that um, pepper and uh, wasabi, and um, the 2019 kind of um, mellowed out a bit. Um, it was an insane experience. Wow. It was, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it.
3: Very. Thank you, Steve. That was very nice. Tom, brother. The question I have is, will we be able to walk out of here straight? Probably not. <laughs> I, I I'm afraid not. to get up. I don't think I can get up out of this chair without <laughs> falling over. I don't know if that's from the bourbon.
1: I hope not. Mm. Uh, but these are some seriously powerhouse cigars. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
0: Absolutely. I'm really glad that we uh, are doing the talking about... Aging pipe tobacco in a separate episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't think my palate would have been able to really appreciate anything. Well, let's right. light it up. Let's go. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I am looking forward to that. But uh, um, the the Maduro Chisel has. I love a strong, full-bodied cigar. That's what the Chisel is. It's one of definitely one of my go-to's for a a strong, full-bodied cigar. Um, I love those deep, rich. Earthy, leathery kind of notes those uh hints of coffee that that uh cocoa sweetness molasses sweetness that goes in there the pepper that you get it's a really good cigar i but i have to tell you that the aging on that 2007 is is just amazing the difference that makes in the experience of the cigar you're, you're You're getting it's it's almost like a totally different tobacco. Yep, you know, even even the pepper changes from being a a kind of a black pepper in the 2019 to being more of a wasabi kind of pepper in the 2007, and uh, uh, both burned incredibly well. Um, I'm still enjoying both. I happen to have the uh, uh, 2007 in my hand right now. I've taken the band off it so I can. But left it on the other one so that I can tell the difference. Um, the as far as the pairing goes, both of those bourbons did really well mm. and brought out different things in the cigars. Um, I think that the Whistle Pig I still think did a little bit better with the newer one just because its flavors were bolder and was able to kind of keep pace with the 2019 stick better. Um, and that campfire really, just totally meshed with that 2007. The extra smoothness and that little bit of peat that's in there just kind of brought out some of that silky um, char notes that are in the uh, 2007 cigar. Are do other people feel the same yeah. or different or or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely.
1: I think the uh, Whistle Pig really turned uh that 2007 up a couple notches yeah mm. yeah um, it definitely it's a perfect example of what contrast will do right um, and it allowed different parts and flavors of that scar to shine mm. um, I don't notice a whole lot of change between the 2019 drinking the whistle pig versus the campfire mm. um, and I think that's just a difference in palette plus I've also smoked Three cigars prior to smoking these two today, so my palate might be a little blown. Um, it's so delicate. Yes, your very, palate very is so
0: delicate, Steve. Um, like a little flower. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think we might have to turn this into a three-part episode. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to bring along. Uh, being we were talking about Agent Connecticut shade, mm-hmm. um, I have sitting right next to me a box of uh, 2010 original LFD band. Um, The first production when the LFD bands first came out, um, Corona Premium Line, Mm. now called Suave. Mm. And I have another box that I have hidden at a retailer, and he knows not to uh, make that disappear before I can get my hands on it um, from, I believe, 2003 or 2004. Wow. And we can also compare that to current production, Suave
0: wow that would be a cool episode too
1: being there a little bit smaller the coronas we can Mm -hmm. smoke three cigars without falling over Mm -hmm. um being connecticut shade they're a lot less powerful um so i think that will give um a nice uh comparison between aging a full-bodied cigar Mm. versus something that's significantly milder connecticut shade that's going to be sweeter greener um kind of notes um and really should show how Connecticut ages throughout many, many years. Nice. Sounds nice.
0: good to me. I just what have do we think? That, box. Would that be Would that be something we would want to do, make this a
3: threefer? I, I'm, I'm down. Too. I'm absolutely in agreement. Yep. Absolutely. I, th- I think
1: that'll let the uh, viewership hang a little bit, because it's probably going to take me about a month to get my hands on that box when <laughs> <laughs> I go uh, visit that retailer again. Uh, My trip, uh, the sales meeting down to DR Mm -hmm. is making things a little bit difficult this month. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think February we can revisit and do part three. Okay, uh, but you'll be here
0: next week for part two? Most definitely. Oh, yeah. I, I have a new pipe that I have to break in. Nice. That's awesome. All right, so now you know what's coming next week. Yay! Thank you very much, Steve, for uh, treating us to this very, very special cigar. We're very, very very grateful. Thank you guys uh, for joining me. Wonderful thing. You have been listening to Not Just Blowing Smoke, the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twin Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, Whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at NotJustBlowingSmoke. Thank you for listening. And that is Not Just Blowing Smoke.